Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Dattabere Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. No complaints here, no complaints here. Just another week and the hustle keeps on going, you know? I definitely agree. And I know um, last week we definitely had a producer drop some knowledge about hip-hop in the game. Uh, if you didn't check it out, please check out uh, Kill's episode. Uh, he really drop some knowledge about hip-hop and you know one of the uh more notable news this week is that soundcloud is actually struggling as far as a business model goes but um there might be a like uh, a, a likely hero to come save the day yeah uh... <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> i'll take the ball after that so yeah um soundcloud uh, uh supposedly you know, no no one has come out yet and said it but you know people have the sources but soundcloud apparently has 80 days to pay a certain amount of money or they risk being shut down and you know i'm not a big soundcloud user but i know my co-hosts and you know especially my girlfriend and some other people in my life they use soundcloud as their way of not only finding new artists but also streaming music and doing you know things of that nature and one unlikely hero, as my, my uh, co-host was referring to, is Chance the Rapper. He's a Grammy-nominated, won a whole bunch of awards this year. Basically, you know, blew up. He has such a fondness for SoundCloud because he knows a lot of people have basically experienced his music through SoundCloud. He released his, um, um, I think, Acid Rap and, and Coloring Book for free on SoundCloud. So he knows just how big his popularity is because of that venue. And he actually has some things in the work to try and help SoundCloud out. Nothing official yet on what exactly it is or what he's you know doing. But Chance has said that he will try to uh, help alleviate SoundCloud's woes. So that's an interesting thing. I mean, SoundCloud is part of the, you know, the, the, the big streams. You know, you got Apple Music, you got Spotify, you got Tidal, SoundCloud, Amazon somewhere, you know, but it, it's crazy that, you know, the first one now is starting to show its weakness. Oh, sorry, Pandora's in there as well. But yeah, it's crazy, like the first one is I was trying to show its weakness. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that there's a lot of like there's a, a SoundCloud culture like that, mm-hmm. like you were referring to that, you know, your your girlfriend and uh, one of our friends uh looks to soundcloud to discover those new artists and uh, some of those new artists are really getting put on because of their soundcloud mixtapes their soundcloud retweets mm-hmm. you know it, it, they really gain notoriety on there so if soundcloud you know were to go away that would definitely hurt some of the uh artists that are coming out nowadays because that's kind of like where hip-hop heads go to kind of co- communicate converse share their music um so it'd definitely be interesting to see if, if chance can take that brand on and make it bigger or make it more profitable just by having his brand out there or seeing the people that he puts together to you know save soundcloud yeah exactly i mean you know you, you hope for the best soundcloud you you really do <laughs> I, I i'm not a, a a big uh you know user of it but you know our podcast is on there 
and we definitely don't want to lose homes. So <laughs> definitely would like to see SoundCloud stick around. But uh, I think another cool thing about this week is we, we found out that uh, you're most likely a CEO if you like to read a lot. And by reading a lot, I think the number's well, 60 books in a year, Paul? Yeah, man. Uh, so there's a study out there that says like the average CEO reads about 60 books a year. And that's incredible because it's about, you know, four to five books, you know, pretty much uh, each month. And, and, and you have to complete it front to back. And uh, CEOs need to be knowledgeable about all the different resources in business, uh, whether it be, you know, whether it be finance, whether it be uh, in their industry or whether it be outside their comfort zone. Uh, so I think to even improve your knowledge, your capabilities, your whatever you're doing, you definitely got to read because it's like taking uh, someone else's experience from, you know, from what they did, from their perspective and giving it, you, you know, once you read it, you inhale it, uh, you implement it, you kind of use that person as a resource or a mentor. So uh, definitely shout out to reading, shout out to reading, you know, 60 books a year if you want to become a CEO. I think that's a good goal we can all set for ourselves. You can probably start it low, maybe maybe one book a month uh, to start out just to get your feet wet. And I know my, my co-host Emilio, you know, he's all over reading. I'm sure he's uh, on that 60, 60 a year pace, right? <laughs> I am. I'm everywhere with reading. Uh, you know, having a daughter, is, is it makes it interesting to get time in but yeah I'm, I'm all over i but i always say i like you know I, I actually just recently finished the book two days ago so you know i get it in when i can i get it in when i can that's the, that's the best way of, of putting it but yeah man wow ceo 60 a day i, I wonder i want to know like i love it that another study was like what is the like you know uh i guess ratio of good ceos that actually read to the bad ones and see like how does that all match up but definitely interesting statistics right there and of course we 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 just talked about business so we have to talk about our guest this week because she's all about business the 40 percent podcast host of course i'm talking about miss joyce massey she comes on the show and she really delivers a very 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 strong testimonial of not only about why she went through her podcast which is why she care about politics itself and why you should not you should not you should not be discouraged and starting your own business and make your dreams come true ain't that right paul I agree, man. Yeah, I was uh, just kind of surfing around social media uh, and her podcast came up and I decided to give myself a listen. And uh, Joyce definitely breaks down the different aspects of business, the different aspects of being an entrepreneur in a way that I I enjoy uh, as far as just learning, because most entrepreneurs uh, and I'll put myself in the boat, even though you know I haven't gotten most most accomplishments yet. But most entrepreneurs are kind of scatterbrained, and we're all like uh, on to a next topic before we even finish that first topic. So she's kind of under that impression that you know she's an entrepreneur. Her mind works in crazy ways; like she can go from one topic to the next pretty quickly, and um, definitely educates you on so many things in in the short time span that she's uh she's given with their platform so definitely check out the 14 percent podcast if you're definitely wanting to learn how to get your finances up learn a little bit more about business and just learn more in general i think you'll definitely find her very knowledgeable on the interview that we did with her today and uh hopefully you know you guys learn something from it 
Yeah, and her show's also available on SoundCloud. So you know, another another leg in the, in the <laughs> a leg in the in the competition for it. But yeah, she really does come on and she teaches us a lot of new things, especially when it comes to not only finances but just you know business mentality and, and having that confidence. I know Michael's a little bit you know staggered when saying uh, from us from entrepreneur hat in there, but you know we entrepreneurs educate us. So it's a business of ours. So I mean, he has that, and of course he has his his baby business with his real estate. But you know, we're not gonna get too much of the man portfolio because I know he likes to be Bruce Wayne and keep it all you know secret but um yeah she um definitely goes on and really delivers a great show and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it and then get your world changed so right after this commercial break you are going to hear from the one and only Joyce Massey all right and today's guest today is Joyce Massey she's here with us today how you doing Joyce I'm well thank you thank you for having me on the show yeah, no problem. And I'm a big fan of what you do. You know, you're the host of the 14% podcast, which I recently just started listening to and definitely recommend our listeners to check it out because you drop so much wisdom and knowledge about business. So definitely glad to have you on the show. Thank you. No problem. And then we we're just going to get right into it. Um, you know, what do you, you know, you talk about, you know, money and uh, business experience. And I just wanted to get your take on, you know, what are some of the beginning steps you would recommend people to get their money right and be more financially sound? Oh, um, <laughs> great question. Uh, I, I recommend initially just to know where you are, like assess where you are currently. Some people are afraid to do it because they already know they're in a bad predicament, right? Um, and sometimes I'm that way too. So just assess where you are. Uh, find out how much debt you have. Find how much money you have. Um, if you have some assets, uh, like try to really assess your financial worth and like things that you need to do that you know you need to do. You know you've been putting it off, right? So um, initially, I like I said in the very first episode, I had three things. One was to look at your income, your biweekly income, your monthly income, right? And then look at your expenses today, all of your expenses today. And then uh, subtract your expenses, your, your monthly expenses from your monthly income, right? And then you're going to create a range. So that range right there is your, your low, okay? So that's your low. And then you're going to try to get rid of all of the expenses that you don't need. And then you're going to subtract that from your monthly income. And that's your high. So now you have a range. You know, if I got rid of all the bullshit that I don't need, I'll be making this much money. or I'll be bringing in this much money per month. Right? So that's one thing. Just where you are, where you want to be, where can you be? And then create a goal for yourself. Right now, my listeners, I keep emphasizing that, you know, we're halfway through the year. Uh, January 1st, 2018, you want to have a goal of how much you want in your bank account. How much do you want in there? Right. And then you're shooting for that. That's what you're shooting for. And of course, that's your end goal. But every ending has another beginning. Right. So then that's your beginning for 2018. The third thing is to read Peter Drucker's Managing Oneself. If you can't manage yourself, you can't manage your money. You can't, you're not going to be able to manage anything. <laughs> so you need to be able to manage yourself. Peter Drucker's book, it's a short, it's a short book. The audio is a very short thing. The audio is like 40 minutes. That book is 
perfect for managing your money, although they talk about managing anything, but it's perfect for managing your money and managing yourself. And that is excellent right there. I mean, that's incredible. Like you, you kind of break it down to make it seem all so easy. So I have to kind of ask you, this leads us to my next question. You know, on your website, you said, and I'm sure a lot of people know, but 80% of businesses usually fail. Why do you think, yeah. uh, you know, it, that the amount, the, the percentage is so high? So from, <laughs> so if you read, I'm going to reference a lot of books. I'm sorry. No that's, problem. That's what I do. Oh, that's, um, that's what we like. Uh, because I'm, I'm not an expert at everything, an expert at business, and I know it. So I read a ton of books, articles of people who are experts, right? So I like to reference them so people understand this is what this is what the experts are saying. It's not just what Joyce is saying, you know? So um, the E-myth revisited. Uh, e in that stands for entrepreneurial myth. So the E-myth revisited why small businesses fail is the full title. It's by uh, Michael Gerber. He talks about why businesses fail. Um, he says uh, that it's because they don't have systems. They don't systematize. So they're going on a whim. Every decision that they make, they're going on a whim. Um, it's like the McDonald's model. No matter which McDonald's you go to, the McDonald's burger is going to taste the same. The McDonald's chicken nuggets are going to taste the same. The sweet and sour sauce is going <laughs> to taste the same. Everything about McDonald's is going to taste the same no matter which McDonald's you go to because they have a system in place. Um, no matter which McDonald's you go to, the Big Mac is going to be made the same, right? So it kind of eliminates the it eliminates one thinking so much. I don't have to think about this so much because I've already done it a thousand times once I came across the problem. Another thing is that it prevents you from wasting, uh, what is it, wasting time. And then the other one is it, oh, no, I didn't. So it prevents you from wasting time. Like you don't have to sit down and think and, and troubleshoot because you have already come across this problem and you already have a system in place. So that's Michael Gerber. If you listen to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins says, no matter which reason you throw out, it's bullshit. Because businesses fail because of the business owner. The business owner is the reason why the business fails. Most people will tell you the number one reason why is capital. Lack of capital starting or you didn't generate enough capital, which is, you know, capital is the business term for money. Not generating enough capital is sales. You suck at sales. Um, some people say I put the wrong people in place or the wrong people were in place. They did the wrong things. Right. And then uh, there's I can't remember what the third most common reason is, but those are two of the most common reasons. And Tony Robbins will say it's bullshit. Like, stop blaming it on that. If it's money, it's because you didn't know you needed this much money. You didn't know that you didn't research it. If you didn't have enough sales. That's your fault. You're the you're the master of this business, right? So if you say the wrong people did the wrong things, well, why didn't you know that and why didn't you fire them? It's always going to come back to the business owner. So 80% of businesses fail because of the business owner. I mean, to put it simply, um, <laughs> the third reason is they didn't know. I didn't know 
so taxes. I didn't know I had to structure them this way. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Well, you know, that's research, right? You, even if you come across a problem that you, you've never come across, you know, if I wanted to know uh, how to do uh, Google Analytics, I know it exists, right? I'm going to research it. I'm going to eventually find something that I didn't know about if I already know I don't know about Google Analytics, right? Um, there are there are three <laughs> there are three things, right? So there are the things that I know that I know. I know that I know. The known knowns. I know I know my name. I know I know my height. There are known unknowns. There are things that I know that I don't know. I know I don't know shit about Google Analytics, so I, I can go look it up, right? And then there are unknown unknowns. Which ones are going to just jack your entire life up? The unknown unknowns. But the only way to uncover them is to go and research the known unknowns. The shit that I know I don't know about. And then eventually I'm going to find more shit that I didn't know about and didn't even know existed. So you kind of have to be curious, you know? Exactly, exactly. Hold up. And I, I love that you quote, you know, you, you reference books as, as like you provide receipts. And I think everyone loves, you know, getting the receipt on things. <laughs> and when I heard you drop that line on the podcast about the no one knows, no one knows, I had to reach back into the boondocks and be like, yeah. that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Uh-huh. <laughs> Huey, Huey. That had me, that had me dying. But no, I agree with you, and um, I see it all the all the time. I, in my job, I interact with business owners um who own different franchises, and mm. usually it's the same franchise. So like, they all have the same tools available to them, but yet they perform differently, and yep. it's usually because the owner does not take care of their business the way they're supposed to. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and and I and I want to get back onto your your research uh, skills. You kind of you, you claim that you're a researchaholic, and uh, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to get some more of the eye opening statistics that you found in your studies. So I I I reference um, this one statistic all the time, just because I didn't realize it was the case, which is uh, seven out of ten. The actual statistic is sixty nine percent of Americans have less than $1,000 saved, um, which I had to do more research on it. And it's not just like having it saved. It's like, um, how can I put it uh, back to the initial question that you asked? And I said, find out how much debt you have, right? And find out how much, how many assets or how, whatever your assets, your money, if you just have money as assets. Um, people go into the red, right? Because of the debt, especially student loan debt right now. Student loan debt is uh, killing people, just destroying lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that statistics, I won't even go into education. I won't even go there because that shit pisses me off. Okay, so 60, 69% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. Um, and then what was shocking, even more shocking as I did more research, was that 44% of people who are making $100,000 to $149,000 a year have less than $1,000 saved. And I was like, what the 
But how? Right? How? Yeah, exactly. But it's the consumerism. When I'm making $100,000, $149,000, and I'm probably, you know, um, in some sort of management position, right? I have to show people. <laughs> I have to show people, right, my status. Because really, you're in management in the company. It really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. The only people who know are the people in that company. You know, on the street, you're just a regular person. So people feel like they have to show their status. So I'm going to have a car that, you know, depicts the status that I want. I'm going to try to get this house that depicts the status that I want. A lot of people get into situations in which they are, uh, my, I just did a, I just did a show. It's called the three principles. The three principles. My first mentor taught me. Uh, my first mentor, my father is my, was my, well, was my first mentor. He passed away. One of them is don't pay $20 for something worth 10. So you don't want to go and get this house where your credit isn't tight, but the house costs a certain amount. So now you're paying Lord knows how much more than the house is worth. It might not even be in a neighborhood where the house is going to appreciate so even when you pay it off in 30 years, right, it's not going to be much of an asset because it didn't appreciate. It might depreciate where you bought it because you didn't do a lot of research in it. I'm going to go buy this car, right? And then if you're in Michigan, we know that auto insurance or here in Michigan, we know that auto insurance is the highest in Michigan or excuse me, in the United States. Detroit, if you're in Detroit, Lord Jesus, your auto insurance is ridiculous. <laughs> so, so you got to put on auto insurance, you know, I, I got to put on, I mean, you gotta have so many other things that you have to add on because you want it to live above your means. And that happens so frequently, the more money people make, right? Now I got to go belong to this country club. Now I got to go, <laughs> now I got to go buy better suits and get them tailored. Now I got to go buy better shoes, get some gators. <laughs> I mean, it's the consumerism is plaguing the lives of so many people. And they, they really don't have a wake-up call until they have this unexpected expense that, you know, ends up, you know, making them have to, you know, refinance and do things of that nature, get a loan, you know, you're making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. You sh you shouldn't have to get a loan. Yeah, that that um that definitely goes into, I, I, you know, I hate to hate to reference him, but Jay Z said in his last album, you know, living rich, dying broke. I feel like that made me think of that when I when I when I heard your explanation, especially with the cats out there making one fifty k or more a year. Yeah, you know what? Right now, I don't. I'm seeing on my social media, and I did not get on social media until I started my podcast trying to perform mm -hmm. and to promote it. So I'm seeing it in my, I'm seeing people say, you know, Jay-Z said, you know, work on your credit, blah, 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 but he's charging $200 per ticket for his concert. Why are you upset? Why are those people upset about that? Why are they upset that he created this brand where he can, he could have made those tickets $500 and he still would sell out. He can make them $1,000 and he still will sell out. 
You, I think people should be happy. He made him two hundred dollars. <laughs> that's that's definitely one way to think about it. Uh, for 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 mere mortals like me, though, if, if Jay was trying two thousand, I'd I'd probably catch it on bootleg somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> me too. Two hundred dollars. I'm just like that's not for me. Yeah, I'm I good. I got the album with my two hundred dollars. <laughs> nah, I have a concert at the crib. Exactly, exactly. I, yeah, I'm gonna go like, set up look, a meeting. We'll all pitch in. We'll all pitch in. Okay, we'll all pitch in for one person to go front row. Record it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the smart way to do it exactly i'm about to go front row with my credit credit advisor that's what i'm gonna do but um <laughs> so going into brand and businesses because you know that's a good segue could you explain to us like what happened with your first business and what did you learn from it i still have my first business i'm still in it i'm still making money off of it it's not where i want it to be but uh that's because business owner <laughs> So, I have a commercial cleaning business. You were talking about franchising. I, I bought a franchise. If I could go back, I wouldn't, um, just because uh, I know what I know now. Um, and I'm, I've branched off. I've stayed in the same lane. So, it's a commercial cleaning business. I stayed in the same lane, but I branched off and started consulting for people who wanted to uh, start a commercial cleaning business but didn't have the capital to buy a franchise. And I didn't have the know-how to actually start. So the franchise that I bought um, up front cost ten thousand two something, ten thousand two fifty something like that. And then it it actually cost in total to uh, excuse me fifteen thousand I think. Um. So I'm I'm still learning things every day, like you said about some business owners are doing certain things, you know, taking care of their business, and some other people are not. The thing that I learned that I really had to do, but was very hard for me to do, um, was to work on my business more than I was working in my business. So I'm I'm putting less time in the um, referencing Michael E. Gerber's book again, The E Myth. Uh, I'm working uh, more on being an entrepreneur. So I'm working on the business. I'm doing the things that do not caused me to have to be hands-on more so than being the technician which um, Michael E. Gerber deciphers the entrepreneur from the technician the technician wants to do everything Um, I'm not going to delegate because I can do it better but the thing is if I delegate I can do two tasks at one at one time right so I was working so much in my business that I didn't have time to look at okay if I, I cut this cost here and I cut this cost here, I could save more money. I can hire more people. I can get more contracts. Um, and that's where I am now. I'm delegating more, uh, putting more trust in people, training people, um, which will eventually give me more of my time back. So that was the biggest thing. The second biggest thing is that I realized that, how can I put this? I realized that if I focus less less on money, making money, and more on being productive, I would make more money. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. I, I definitely see a lot of that in, in business as well. Just, um, you know, you, 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 you run so much in the operations piece of it that you kind of let the other financials and, uh, you know, the other 
cash cutting ways, like you said, uh, go by the wayside because you're so focused on getting the operations right that you kind of let that other uh, area kind of fall. So that's definitely a, a good heads up by you to kind of realize that, you know, you're kind of zoned in one way and, and you took it the other way to kind of, you kind of took a step back and delegated more tasks to help grow your business. For sure. And it took for me to read that book. It took for me to read Michael Gerber's book. So I was calling myself an entrepreneur. I wasn't. I was a technician. I was a person who wanted to be hands-on. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You know, that was me. That's still me. <laughs> it's, just that, it's just that I'm more conscious of it. So I have to tell myself to stop, you know. Um, and now I'm, in the, now I'm at the point where I'm telling myself other people need jobs. Other people need jobs. And I'm better off. Not just like as a human being, but um, if you uh, are into psychology at all, the uh, hierarchy of needs, one of them is fulfillment. I found that I feel so much better when I'm able to provide someone with the opportunity than to do it myself. So um, I can provide someone with a job and then work on the business, you know, so it's two birds, one stone uh, type of situation by taking myself out of it, having someone come uh, come on board, involved in it. And then I can grow the business, which is going to help them as well. And it's not just going to help me, you know. Agreed, for sure. And I definitely wanted to also touch, I know you dabble in uh, real estate as well. So I kind of wanted you to touch base on your your real estate experience and uh, what you kind of did through that business venture so (laughs) my father was a real estate broker um he had been involved in real estate uh, how old was i since i was maybe seven or eight um that was the last time that he um was employed by um someone other than himself uh, he worked for the cable company. It was Don Barton, who was a African-American entrepreneur here in Detroit. Uh, Don Barton's cable company, he sold it to Comcast. And when he sold it, a lot of people were like, you know, pissed off. But my dad stayed for a little while and then he um, went full time into real estate. So started off as an agent, became a broker. Um, he was going to be my broker. Um, but unfortunately, he passed. My grandmother's in real estate. Uh, my father was actually her broker, so her son was her broker. Uh, my great-grandmother was, <laughs> was uh, had a real estate firm, my grandmother's mother. Um, and her story is just incredible, just because it's uh, poverty that they overcame, especially my grandmother, to have, when she passed, all of her children inherited something. So, yeah, it's harder to be an investor. You gotta, you gotta have the motivation. You gotta know that you're gonna get a thousand no's before you get that one yes but that one yes is gonna be worth that those thousand no's like you just have to accept rejection you're gonna get rejected that's that's another reason why people don't succeed in business rejection is hard no one likes rejection it's hard but that's business everybody's not gonna be like hey I want to give you money <laughs> that's not real life so you have to go find the person who wants to give you money. <sighs> Woo. 
Well, yeah, that was, yeah, that was thorough. Hold on one second. You definitely earned that one right there. So going into your, your, your latest venture, you, you have a podcast series, the 14% yeah. podcast. Could you actually explain like what made you start that podcast and like what were some early obstacles you had to overcome and actually get it out to the people? I have had people want to give me fin- or want to, me to give them financial advice for the longest. And I tell people all the time that I tell my siblings more than anyone. Um, I'm the eldest of seven. So I tell my siblings more than anyone that what the masses do, what everyone does. So like that person who's caught up in consumer. Um, who has to have the car that matches the status that they want people to think that they have, right? The the house that matches it. Everyone's doing that. That's why that's why so many people don't have a lot saved. So if you do the opposite, that's kind of like you know admirable. Like people are like, oh my god, how did you do that, right? Because it's rare. So people saw that I was like penny pension, penny pension, penny pension back in 2012 and like on the straight budget and saying no to everything because I knew I was going to buy this house. And then I bought a house. Well, no one had bought a house. No one that knew me um, outside of, you know, my my father um, had bought a house in 2012. I was 26. So I, I bought a house. Right. So people were like, oh, my God, how did you do that? Well, every time you guys went to lunch <laughs> and I said no, right? I was thinking about buying this house, right? And then it it just became something that I was known for, like finances. And I would talk about money all the time. You know, you have people telling me or I have people telling me all the time, Joyce, all you do is talk about money. I have people messaging me. Joyce, money is the root of all evil. <laughs> people <laughs> messaging me this. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like people that um people that uh, usually struggle with money find it the toughest to talk about money because, like you said in the beginning, is they realize that they're not really in the best shape with their finances, so they prefer yeah. to just avoid talking about the situation completely. Yeah, and I, and I really want people to talk about it. Every there's so many more people who want like the financial education um, that need it. There's so many people that need it that if you expressed, you know, uh, a little bit about money, you're going to find so many people in the same boat as you. You know what I mean? You're going to find that community. And I really wanted to start start a podcast or start in some way, shape or form educating people on money, but not making it boring. I even get bored listening to finance stuff, and I listen to a lot, uh, but I even get bored, like, it's like uh, Bill Stein, you know, isn't his name Bill Stein? The clear Eyes guy. Yeah, that's him. Uh, ben Stein, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. Boring as hell. Like, I can't listen to him for too long. I would be like, is this a joke? <laughs> right. Is this a joke? Um. So I wanted to make it where, especially millennial, millennials, our lives are so much different than our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation because we're living after the Great Recession, right? And they've and so many things have been modified, including, you know, if I wanted to put 
money in a savings account, the amount of interest I get back is much less than it was before the recession. So it's harder to have your money make money. If I want to get a credit card, you know, the, the interest, the APR right now, most of them is 20%. So if I miss a payment, if I spend $100 and miss a payment, you're going to put $20 on me? No, that's crazy. But beforehand, you can find some easily that were less than 10%. So it's, it's more difficult today to have your money make money if you aren't doing research. <laughs> the podcast is about educating people in so many things as it pertains to money. I even talk about how politics can affect your pockets because it can. And a lot of people, millennials, are not really into politics. And we should be. We should be, especially local. I agree. And um, that's also something that I uh, do find myself like, needing to educate myself more on is is local politics and how to get involved so um for the listeners that you know haven't listened to your podcast yet um could you kind of drop some knowledge about how to get involved into local politics oh um so that's a great question because right now i am asking all of the uh the poli- the politicians that i know personally um to help me create a forum um, in which I can, I'm not going to say educate people on politics and and, and things of that nature, but um, I want them to speak, especially our uh, younger African-American males who are in politics. I definitely want them to speak. I think that they need to speak more. Anyway, so... (laughs) So there are, my grandmother was into politics. She ran for city council, city clerk. She ran in politics. So I've always been in that kind of realm. Um, even when she did those things, you know, I had to be like on my best behavior all the freaking time. <laughs> so even though I was anyway, that's good. So um, I've always been around politics. And so I've always been in tune with it. I know a number of people who are in politics I just to me it's like the best drama on earth it always has been um some people like to watch tv drama I I, it it's fake (laughs) it's not real politics is real like you get to see what certain people's decisions you get to see how it affects real life I don't understand how people aren't like really in tune with that you know what I mean so I've always been and I've always spoke about it. Um, I've always encouraged people to vote. I've always like been outspoken about voting. I've always put stuff on Facebook when elections come. Like right now, I'm big on this mayoral election, Detroit mayoral election, uh, Detroit city council. Right now, I'm like big on it. But I'm asking other people, like, who are you voting for? They don't know who's running. I don't, I'm like, I want people to get more into that. I like Angela Rye right now. Angela Rye's getting people into it. Yeah, she's Van pretty Jones good. Getting people into it. Um, and I think more of that needs to be promoted. This reality TV that's not reality, stop wasting your time. Like, you can get more into, you know, with Angela Rye. And she's entertaining as hell. She's hilarious. Van Jones, she, she's educated as hell. She knows what she's talking about. She's super intelligent. Just her approach is just like, you know, it resonates with me more than 
you know, uh, Newt, Newt Gingrich, like, <laughs> or a lot of them, right? So, I mean, I just encourage people to start, just to start, just start looking at politics, especially now. With Donald Trump and all of his shenanigans, I mean, if you if you don't get into it right now, I don't know how. You're never going to get into it. And that is very true. I would like to ask, now, what what topics do you plan on covering in future episodes of 14%? Taxes. I have to cover taxes. I want people to understand and I understand that I have a better understanding now that I've been in business um, about taxes. Beforehand, I just let, you know, uh, the governments, <laughs> the governments decide how much it was. And I just go like, oh, OK, that's what it is. Instead of knowing or understanding how they calculated it, they could be wrong. And a lot of us wouldn't question it because we didn't, you know do our due diligence and i was the same way now that i, I have a business and business taxes are different that is by, by my personally in mind as a business um i'm more in tune with it um especially having the ability to write things off so i definitely want to i want other people to understand that they can write certain things off right if you can save money if i can help you save money no matter if it's 100, 200, 300, 1000 dollars, right? If I can help you save money, that you know, I'm doing my job, right? <laughs> so, um, taxes, fear, fear. I'm gonna talk about fear, fear in business, which basically is just fear in life. Fear is preventing so many people from even coming close to reaching their potential. Um, or even coming close into tapping into um, something that they can be great at. Fear is just, oh, fear is just like the worst thing. But we all experience fear. You know, if you read um, autobiographies, I'm big on reading autobiographies because a lot of these successful people, they started out just regular human beings. <laughs> They're just regular people, right? And they faced adversity. A lot of them they faced adversity that I don't even want to fathom, you know? So I like reading autobiographies. And you see everyone faced fear, but a lot of people took that leap. Um, a lot of people failed. You know, if you look at Elon Musk, that guy, Jesus. Elon, Elon Musk, who is Tesla, Tesla, SpaceX. Before he started Tesla and SpaceX, what was he, PayPal? I'm not sure. Whatever he was, he had two businesses. He sold them. He sold them, and then he invested all of the money that he got from them into Tesla. And he was broke. He didn't have any cash. He had assets, but he didn't have any cash. He was crashing on friends' sofa, taking loans from friends. But he bet it all on himself. He was scared as fuck. Yeah, he was. But he bet it all on himself. Like, I can do this. It's going to happen. Like, uh, an incredible amount of faith on him, you know, in itself. Faith or crazy, you know, there's a fine line. <laughs> they probably both mean the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, everyone faces fear all the time. Like I said, you know, you want to get that sale, you're going to get hit with a thousand no's before you get it with the one. You know, how many people can get through that? You know, get through it. You're going to get the one. A lot of people will lose faith before they get the one. So you have to have an incredible amount of belief in yourself 
and that is important and right there so i'm definitely know as a fan i'm gonna look out for those episodes we're current to our audience to look out for them because those sound like compelling topics i mean joyce you've basically delivered everything and more here today and as you get us but sadly we have reached the two-piece time the famous two-piece time where we ask you the final two questions of the interview so the first one's always easy how can the people connect with you uh you can reach me uh, if you want to email me, most of the time when I get emails, they're like, hate email. But don't email me. Hate email. <laughs> so the 14% percent spelled out, the 14% at gmail.com. Um, you can reach me all social media platforms, jmass, M-A-S-S, underscore zero three, all social media, let's same. Uh, you can reach me at the 14% on Facebook. All right. So basically, people have options, which is always a good thing. And now the last question, no pressure, just the last thing our audience is going to hear from you today. What are some parting wisdom you can leave with us? Do Do what is difficult when it is easy. Do what is difficult when it is easy. That is Lao Tzu. L-A-O-T-Z-U. I tell my listeners to do what is difficult when it's easy right now the economy is fine it's good unemployment right now is 4.4 percent unemployment is 4.4 percent i had a friend who told me joyce i feel like i'm gonna get fired every day what should i do i said put your resume out put your resume out you feel like you're getting fired every day it's probably because management sucks <laughs> so put your resume out. You might need a change. You know, if you're gonna get fired, you have options where you get hired. Go on those interviews, right? Most people are employed. If you're not employed, listen to I think it's like episode 12 of uh, my podcast. There's ways to make money by not having a nine to five. I talk about those. It's called extra money. Um. So you can make money and not technically be employed. I'm not talking about doing illegal things. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm talking about that. So do what is difficult and it's easy. Right now it's the easiest time to make money. All right. And you got to give her the registers to let her know that she dropped some knowledge today. Well, Joyce, you've been phenomenal. I, I really do appreciate you coming up. I really feel like... I've learned a lot more about my finances than I did before the even show began. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to ramble. And there you have it, folks. That was Joyce Massey dropping that knowledge that only the 14% know. Emilio, what'd you think, man? Definitely think that she is very passionate about what she uh, talks about and does. I mean, not only with the 40% podcast, but definitely just entrepreneurs and, and business and, of course, politics as well. So, I mean, I think it was very eye-opening. I think she really went out there and gave us a new perspective to look at things upon. So, I mean, you can never uh, you can never blame or call anything bad when you learn something new, you know? I agree, man. And uh, there's definitely a lot to learn as far as just... Own your business. If you're interested in owning your business, uh, there's so much that you don't know. And she kind of prefaced that in some of her answers as well. Like you go into something knowing what you know and you know what you don't know. But there's also things out there that you need to do more research or things that will come up out of the blue 
that you didn't even expect in the first place. So when you when you re- when you do come upon those things, how are you going to react to it? I think that's the key in becoming a business owner and sustaining a business is how do you react to change? How do you react to the things that aren't necessarily your forte or you have the most knowledge about and what the market does as well? So you got to take in a bunch of factors that you don't really think about in the beginning when you did start the business. But now that you're in it, you can't have it fail or else that's your livelihood. And I think she definitely depicted that. That she did. And of course, what we're now going to depict is how you, yes, you can reach us. Educate us reach a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word, Educate Hustle. There you post snaps, videos, little behind the scenes things to let you know how, what we're doing throughout the week and how, of course, we're living and motivating. You can also follow us on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There you post pictures of hyping up the current episode, showcasing it. And of course, if you're lucky and you, and you ask nicely, Paul will sometimes curate some personalized motivation to get you going you can also follow us on facebook and like our page at educate us so that's two words educate us so you know you reached the right page because you'll see the logo that you guys all know and of course love and finally let me take a break from that plugin to go into more plugging if you haven't already please 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 rate and review us on itunes it's such a simple process all you have to do is go into the apple's podcast section on the computer on the phone Search Educate Hustle, two words, you'll see our logo, click it, in the middle of the screen will be a review button, you hit that review button, you put five stars, preferably five stars, you write a title, and you write a review, it can be something short and sweet as it's lit, or it could be long, thoughtful, and deep as it's still lit. Either way, we urge everyone to please rate and review as it helps the show get more awareness, which in turn brings more listeners, which in turn brings more guests, and which in turn means better shows. So if you haven't already, please rate and review us on iTunes. And now... Let me end that plugging to get back into some more plugging. You can follow us on Twitter at educator underscore hustle. Once again, that is educator underscore hustle. There we do daily interactions, tweets, remind you not about only the episodes of this week, but also what to expect and what's coming out in the future. So please, please, please follow us there. And last but not least, if you like the show, you want to know how to collaborate, be a guest, or even just give props and tell us what you really think and how we changed your life, you do not hesitate to email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. You know you got to lead us out, bro. Lead us out. People always, you know, don't ever feel pressured that you... Don't have the ability to take chances. You want to take chances. You want to be able to do stuff that defies your comfort zone and gives you the ability to stretch your wings and soar. It's very easy to get put into a a personal space where you feel like you're content and there's not much more room for growth. You got to shake out of it and pitch forward. It's like George is saying, you have to be able to take that next step. Do not let fear get into your way because fear only stagnates your growth. And we're all about taking your growth to the next level and as always you got to stay educated and keep hustling